Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Welcome back or welcome to Gardening Naturally. It's going to be a nice day today. Um, no rain, plenty of sun, not too cool. 60s, that's not a bad temperature. Considering it's the 6th of January, we normally would be in much colder weather, so guess we shouldn't complain about it. Now, it does look like Monday's got a pretty good chance of rain, and we need it every drop we can get. We really want to see some of that rainfall. Um, last week, I got an inch and a quarter over the week. That was enough considering the weather was cooler. My plants didn't have such a big demand for rain. They didn't need so much water. That was perfect. My trees, my shrubs, my turf is super happy with that. Uh, but I hope this next weather event on Monday brings me another inch of rain. That would kind of have to be the minimum. That would, that would have to be a minimum uh, just to keep me going. <clears throat> the colder the weather is, the less demand for water. And don't read that as zero. We may still have to water. It depends on what you've been getting for rain. It doesn't, uh, we don't know for sure what we will be getting. Now, folks, I was talking about, I was talking about seed starting. Now, something about that seed starting is seed saving. Just like you start your own seeds, <clears throat> maybe you order them, you get a seed packet, whatever and you start your own seeds to get your own plant. Now, for most of your plants, it's pretty simple to save the seeds. The only problem you have is, let's say you have two kinds of tomatoes, two kinds of heirloom open pollinated tomatoes. If they are too close to each other, you may get some cherry tomato wind up pollinating some super big uh, beefsteak style tomato and suddenly the seeds from those are not going to give you the plant you were hoping for because they pollinated each other. The same can be said about peppers. So it's easy to collect the seeds in most cases but you have to be careful about crossing different varieties because the seeds that they provide you are going to be different they're not going to be what you were hoping to plant and in some cases the seeds that you have 
are going to be what they call F1s. They are hybrids. They are ones that were crossed on purpose to get a certain quality. It is not going to be a good idea to plant an F1. Sun Gold tomatoes are F1s. Plant an F1, have it produce a tomato, save the seeds from that tomato, then plant them. You have no guarantee you're going to get a Sun Gold tomato. So you have to save the seeds that you want properly and make sure that they weren't cross-pollinated by some of the other plants you've got in your garden. Folks, let's go to the phone. This is Nathan. Nathan, what can I help you with? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question. I put in like the last dregs of my compost into my garden this last few months ago, and now I seem to have weeds everywhere. So I was wondering what I could do to, is solarizing the best way to try and get rid of them, and do I have to wait till the summer to do that, or what should I do? Uh, first off, one of the indicators that you have here is that if you added a bunch of compost to the garden, and you're getting a lot of weeds right now, it's possible your compost isn't getting hot enough. Because yeah. if it got hot enough, it would have killed those weeds. But even so, they could be blown in, dropped in by birds, etc. So right I kind now, of scraped the ground underneath it when I pulled it up. I thought, <clears throat> you know, what a great idea that was, but that was not a good idea. So I think I got some of the underlying old soil is Got what it. happened. Got it. Okay, so solarizing is the easiest way to get rid of those plants. You can solarize now if you wish. Mm. Weed eat the, the, the bed so that it's, you know, as little green showing coming up now. Weed eat it. Drench it well. I mean, water it really good and slow and deep, then cover it with black plastic. Uh, use wood, rock, soil, whatever, to keep the edges of the plastic down to really make it a tight seal. It will get hot. Even in this weather, that plastic and sun will create the greenhouse underneath that you're looking for, and it can... Uh, it can solarize up to about 12 inches deep. Mm. Now, at this time of the year, at this time of the year, you're not going to get that kind of depth because you're going to want warmer temperatures. Mm. But you will still get rid of those weeds. For one, they won't have any sunlight. For two, they'll get the heat that will help burn out the roots that are there. Mm. And uh, six to probably going to take about eight weeks in this weather, the the cooler weather, to really do a good job. Okay. And if I have, like, some of the stuff I actually, I have, like, some turnips and stuff growing in right now, so I can't solarize the whole thing. 
is there anything else I can do um, in those areas other than okay. maybe putting some corn gluten down to stop any more from coming up? I mean, is it just weeding by hand until I can solarize or, or what? If you're not planting any more seeds yourself, corn gluten will help prevent any weed seeds that are in there from germinating. And there'll be a fertilizer in the garden yeah. for the rest of your plants. Number two, you can try spot treating with um, um, high acid weed killers like mm -hmm. um, the, the yeah. yeah, there are ones that are not vinegar based that do the same thing, but we're talking non-selective weed yeah. killers. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, try to recognize the plant. Try to recognize it as it comes up so that you know what you're planting, uh, just so you don't waste the effort you've already made. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Nathan. Uh, Mark, I see you there. I got to take a break. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, folks. Let's go to the phone. This is Mark. Mark, what can I help you with? Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have some large red oak trees around my house and they have finally lost most of their leaves and uh, pretty thick the leaf uh, accumulation underneath them. I'm wondering, does it hurt to leave those leaves on top of the St. Augustine or should I mulch them up? It does not hurt to leave the, the leaves there. Your St. Augustine is gonna be dormant for probably till the end of February, depending on the weather, it's not producing any new green growth on top, though it is increasing its roots. If you leave those leaves there, they'll break down, they'll feed the grass, they'll, they'll be good for it. If you wanna speed the process up a little bit, um, mow over the leaves. Take your lawnmower, um, set it to a medium height, and then just mow all those leaves. The smaller pieces will break down faster, and that'll replenish the soil. The turf will like it. The trees will like it. Um, but you can just leave them. You're not going to harm your grass. Up to you as to what effort you want to make. In the past, I've always mulched them up, cut them up with the lawnmower, but uh, I didn't know if, uh, if it hurt if I didn't do that. So it won't hurt. I appreciate hurt. the information. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call, Mark. Yeah, folks, uh, we're probably getting this a lot now because leaves dropped late this year. I have trees that are still trying to drop them. For what it's worth, the trees that still have leaves on them have this unbelievably beautiful dark orange, dark red color to them. My pear tree is just stellar. 
And there was a row of, uh, what are they called? Crepe myrtles in my neighborhood that the whole road changed colors at the same time and were this most beautiful fire red. Uh, when the sun shined on them, it looked so good. But those leaves hung on for quite a while. So we're probably dealing with a lot of plants that are dropping their leaves, and it seems a little later than normal, but that's okay. Remember, there is no little garden gnome out there in the forest that waits for the leaves to fall and then rakes them up and gets them out of the way. Nope. They fall to the ground and they break down and they feed the soil, they feed the trees, the grass. If you want it to go faster or if you don't like the appearance of it, run over them with your lawnmower. Set it on a medium height and away you go. If you've got a mulching mower, it's great. It will take the leaves, break them down. The smaller the leaf, the faster it breaks down. So chopping it up with your lawnmower will get you really good results. But you can leave those where they fall. There's been more and more discussion about this because they've been studying to find out that in all that leaf litter, all the leaves that fall and pile up, are all kinds of insects, lots of beneficial insects that overwinter in there. And this will be a way for you to start the year with the best natural predators you can get. It means you'll use less toxic chemicals. There's certain insects Fireflies, lightning bugs is what we call them, but fireflies, they multiply in that leaf litter. So if you just leave them, you increase the possibility of getting more fireflies in your neighborhood. A few years ago, we had a Everybody was talking about it. Um, number of fireflies, just huge numbers of them. Will we this year? No idea. It varies from season to season. Leaving the leaves there lets you get all those good bugs a place to live until they're ready to come and protect your plants. It gets you beautiful bugs. Like there's a lot of butterflies that overwinter in that leaf litter. It gets you the good guys, the ones that eat caterpillars or that attack aphids or things like that. It is not harmful to leave all of those fleas. If you've got a thing about... I, I got so many, I don't like how it looks. Mow them. Take your mower, mulch them up, just knock them into smaller pieces. 
you can leave them where they're at. Two things will happen. When you make smaller pieces out of them, they'll decompose faster. So your leaves won't be hanging around. Number two, those little pieces, we get any wind at all, will help blow them away. We'll spread them throughout your flower beds, your neighborhood, and <clears throat> you're simply spreading a type of fertilizer. So if you can avoid it, if you're okay with it, don't do anything. Let the leaves fall. If you got a problem because you think you have too many or you, you know, you don't want to cover your lawn, go ahead and mow them. Set your mower to a medium height, run over them, break them into smaller pieces, everybody's happy. The last thing you want to do, you want to avoid this with everything you can. Do not rake them up, put them in those paper bags, and throw them away. You are wasting some of the best organic matter you can get to help you uh, improve your soil, your flower beds, your gardens, your trees. Don't waste them. Do not waste those leaves. They are really the key to improving your soil so that when we get rain, you are able to keep more of the rain in the soil. That's the key, folks. We don't want runoff. We want to open up that soil and turn it into a sponge so that when it rains, it can soak as much of it as possible up and hold it there. That's how, that's the best water storage. That, that is the best type of rainwater storage. Of course, you could put gutters on your home, collect the rainwater off of it. That works too. But doing nothing and improving your soil, saving rainwater by doing nothing? Hey, I told you folks, I, I'm not lazy, but I do avoid labor. <clears throat> if I can get things to work, if I can improve everything I'm looking for, and I don't have to do the labor, that's the solution. I want to enjoy my garden. I want to enjoy my flowers, my trees, my landscape. I don't want to have to go out there every weekend and spend time maintaining it. So I don't call it being lazy. I call it being labor efficient. And uh, I get great results from it. I get really, really good results. So we're that time of the year, we're going to be talking about leaves. Leave them if you can. If you just can't, at least mow them and break them down. But nobody should be raking them up, putting them in bags, and setting them out on the curb to be picked up as trash. Please don't waste those leaves. Please don't waste them.
they are so beneficial to our environment. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. It's the bottom of the hour. I need to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Jeannie. What can I help you with? Hi, Jeff. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Jeff, hang on. I can't hear you that well. Hang on. Let me fix my phone. I'm not sure what's going on here. Uh, Jeff, you know, weeks ago when we had a first freeze, you told everybody, harvest your tomato plants. So I did it and uh, got a ton of ton of tomatoes. Well, more grapes now. I thought the thing was going to be dead. It's not. And also, I want to tell you, I, I learned something from you today about the leaves. I did not. I mean, I rake my leaves maybe once a year, but we do have a ton of fireflies. Matter of fact, my neighbor always says, Jeannie, you have so many in your yard. So thank you for all that info. I love your show, man. Hey, what about congratulations. You think if I keep covering them, they're going to make it? Yes. Um, we will finally reach the point where it'll be too cold for them. Oh, man. Probably okay. Not gonna be th- it's, it's not going to be this week. We will probably get through this week and still keep them going. I have tomatoes and peppers still growing and still trying to fruit. And I did like you. We harvested a whole bunch of the tomatoes and brought them in. And we've had so many delicious salads with them. They turned red. They were so tasty. But they're still growing out there. As a matter of fact, I would really like to think that I could get the tomato to hang on until spring. And then I could have a perennial tomato. But um, we will wind up losing them. I'm just trying to keep them going as long as I can. Okay. Well, I thank you for uh, for your info always. And um, you got a great show. I just love it. And Fireflies info, best best thing I could have learned today. All right. Have a great day. You too, Jeannie. And congrats. I haven't had them and I don't trim and I've got trees that just the leaves fall like crazy. I got them all over my property and I don't have them. I had one really, really good year of them, just tons of them. And I haven't since then. Uh, I am very jealous of those of you who are getting them on a regular basis. Oh my gosh. Uh, just they, they are such great entertainment right about the time the sun goes down. You can watch them going off and they're, they're just a spectacular show of the nature that surrounds us. Um, the, the leaves, they really are important. It's really critical that we try our best we try our best to put them to use. They are so full of necessary nutrients, um, micronutrients, 
that they really are worth the return of just leaving them there. Now, running over them with a lawnmower, that's, that's a good thing. That'll help them break down fast. Now, if you can leave them, you can start seeing the benefits, like Jeannie talking about having so many fireflies. Let's go to the phone. This is Forrest. Forrest, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. Happy New Year. You too. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay. Um, I know it's a little early, but we were talking about um, uh, preserving our beneficials, even in the even in the dead leaves pile in our backyard. Yes. Well, um, also want to encourage people. A little early, they'll be out soon. But if all those companies that uh, spray uh, pesticides for uh, mosquitoes. And let people know that anything that'll kill a Delta mosquito will probably kill any beneficial you got, and uh, that we need to avoid using pesticides and killing beneficials. Very, very true. Those the mosquito products they target them and say they're for mosquitoes, but they're really not. They're they're a general purpose pest control, and unfortunately. The product can't tell the difference between a good bug and a bad bug. It just treats all bugs bad. So avoid the use of those products as much as you can to get better results. Because if you have enough beneficial insects, you won't need those products. That's right. They're doing part of the work for you. Yeah, and if you kill them, then you got to do their job. Right. And um, so far, there is no magic bullet that will kill mosquitoes and not beneficials, but uh, I believe that uh, our best bets uh, during the mosquito season would be to get the um, get the repellents. Yes. Yes, Um, it's possible to get the mosquitoes to not bite you without having to kill them. So make sure that you have your favorite mosquito repellent around. There's lots of them out there. There's lots of ways you can do it, but that's the way to do it properly because Keeping the bugs off of you is the goal. If you can do that without wiping out every insect, hey, that's the most effective way to take care of your property or you. Yeah. Oh, okay, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Forrest. This is a really important point here, folks. There are some bugs. There are some bugs you just want to pull your hair out because 
they are they are ruining your your garden, your flowers. They're just terrible. But if you use these sprays, you know, that's really weird. If you go to a big box store and go to the pesticide section, you will see containers that'll say things like, we'll kill 70 different bugs. What they don't tell you is they'll list 70 bugs that are considered, quote, bad bugs. The problem with that is it'll probably kill 70 good bugs, too. And that's not what you want. You do not want to see that kind of a problem. So do your best to let nature take control. When you kill a good bug, you got to do his job. So do your best to keep them alive and let them work for you. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Kevin. Kevin, what can I help you with? Good morning. Um, I had a couple questions. The first is about um, bro- broccoli leaves. I've just this is kind of my first time growing a winter garden, and uh, the broccoli is you know everything is doing very well, but the leaves are just huge. And I've looked on the internet and found out that they're they are edible, but I assume that you can't take many off because the plant still needs them for um, growth and all that stuff. So uh, what, you know, can can you, you know, harvest a broccoli leaf uh, every once in a while for, you know, for yourself? Yes, you can. Okay. As a matter of fact, that's one thing about broccoli that makes it a kind of a double dipper. You get the broccoli head and the leaves are edible. Take about up to about a third of the leaves off of a plant. If you've got a lot of plants, you could wind up with quite a few leaves in one uh, harvest. Okay. Okay. The other question was about uh, worms. Um, I know in the some uh, well, the spring, I kind of have a problem with worms when I use BT regularly, and I've still been uh, trying to make sure I spray it, but I don't seem to have uh, as much of a problem with worms. Do they kind of recede in the wintertime? Yes. Okay. That doesn't okay. mean they That's go away. That's what I wanted to make sure of. Okay. Okay. You'll Thank you very much. Some, so be careful. Okay. okay. Uh, thanks for the call, Kevin. Let's go to the phone. This is Susan. Susan, what can I help you with? Hi, good morning. I haven't used pesticides 
ever in my garden. And a few years ago, I remember calling you because I had problems with my peaches and insects. And I went to the root of, I found the root of the problems. They were the mammoth sunflowers I had growing, growing in my vegetable garden. And through, so three years ago, I decided they were covered with beetles and they, they brought things to my cucumbers and things to my garden that were only on the sunflowers. So I haven't planted the mammoth sunflowers in my garden for three years and I have had no insects. So I just wanted to tell you that because <laughs> it was just total experimental. And the sunflowers attract so many insects. So I wanted to share that with your, you and your listeners. Yes, they can. Um, there's, there's that balancing point. The, the thing is, you know that there are several weeds, thistles, like the, the, they look like dandelions, but they're tall and they make the fluffy little flower seeds. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants those in their garden, but they host all kinds of good bugs. So these are the kind of combinations that we we got to learn for ourselves. And that's unfortunate about the sunflowers. They they are host. They are host for several um, butterflies. Not just the bad bugs, but as a result, they will draw in all kinds of bugs. If you can keep them far enough away from the garden, you should do okay. Right. That's exactly what I discovered because I wanted them in the garden for pollination and and it just works when they're farther away. Can I ask one more question? Yes, ma'am. You have shared um, your butterfly habitat story and how you help the butterflies. Can you tell me, do you capture them and what kind of a habitat do you have in your house? And then what do you feed them? And how do you provide a habitat for them so that they're successful? Well, first off, once they become a butterfly, when they pop out of their chrysalis, especially monarchs, they have about 24 hours. They don't need food, anything, for about 24 hours. And then we'll release them after they come out of their uh, chrysalis. Same with many of the other butterflies. As for a habitat, we will we grow various plants that are hosts for these types of butterflies. So we go out and look at that plant, and we look to see are there eggs on it? Are there caterpillars on it eating it? If there are, we'll clip a bunch of the leaves. And <clears throat> this isn't real... <laughs> fancy by any means but you know those plastic clear shoe boxes you put your mm-hmm. shoes in them you can put a lid on those are our habitats we'll take one we'll put a sheet of paper towel down in the bottom of it we'll put the eggs or the caterpillars on the leaves inside it and close the lid we can see what's going on they can get air and it's relatively simple that once they devour all the leaves, it's easy to lift up that paper towel, put a new one in there, put new leaves in there and get the caterpillars back in, throw the trash away, put the lid back on, and they've worked quite well. 
okay, I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so simple. much. <laughs> yeah, good luck with it, Susan. I hope you get plenty of butterflies. Let's uh, let's go to the phone. This is Brett. Brett, what can I help you with? Hey, good morning, Jeff. Hey, I called a couple of weeks ago. I was concerned about the my red oak and the leaves not dropping. And he said, don't worry about it. They'll drop, and you're right now. They're all over the backyard. <laughs> so, and so going back to the previous discussion about uh, mulching the leaves, I, I've been trying to do that the last few years, but I've been raking it off my St. Augustine in the backyard to another area that's more dirt to make kind of a mulch layer to walk on so then we'll get mud. So I'm taking it off the grass. And I heard you say earlier, just mulch them where they lie. I have a mulching lawnmower. And so if I do that on the, on the, for the leaves that are on the grass, um, will that turn into thatch? Because my understanding is, you know, this thatch isn't all that great for St. Augustine anyway, and, I, and we end up raking up quite a bit of thatch each spring, getting ready for the summer season. Um, it's hard to explain. When you break that mulch down, you provide food for all kinds of <clears throat> organic matter that will break down the, that, the uh, mulch, right? You break those leaves down, it gets attacked by all the biology in your yard and gets decomposed. Well, that same biology that's decomposing the leaves will decompose the thatch. That's what thatch is, dead grass. If you cut your turf uh, too long, things like that, it'll start to build up. The easiest way to get rid of it is to get the the organics the the biologies that break down organic matter back on top of the soil so they'll break down the thatch to get rid of it so <clears throat> done properly those leaves as they break down are also going to break down the thatch that's on the ground so there again Still a benefit for you. Okay, great. Um, and one reason I wanted to ask that question, get more information, because I'm in the truck doing some errands, and when I go back to my house and tell my wife I'm going to leave the leaves where they are and mulch them where they stand, um, that may spark some discussion. So I wanted to make sure I had some <laughs> more ammunition to back up <laughs> my call uh, on that. Hey, Brett, that's not fair. Don't put me in the middle of this. That happens way too often in this job. I'll say, I'll say uh, Jeff said so. <laughs> yeah. It, it, trust me, it won't look bad. One day's worth of looking at those leaves, and overall you'll have better turf, less thatch for your St. Augustine. And trust me, she'll she'll like the finished product. Okay, great. And then a, a follow-on question. Then I have quite a few live oaks. I want to one is an escarpment, and the little leaves. You know, my wife has been told that we should rake those up because they take too long to break down because of their com composition or something like that, and then it causes I don't know some bad things in the yard. So, what about uh, the live oak leaves? Same thing we just discussed. Yeah. 
Yes, okay. they are one of the slowest to break down. But if you mulch them, as mulching mower run over them, you're starting to break them into smaller and smaller pieces. They do take a long time to break down, but you're helping it by making them smaller, and they will finally break down and return their nutrients to the soil. So even live oak leaves, you'll do just fine to uh, uh, mulch them and let them be. So mulching the leaves where they fall is good for the soil, regardless if they're on dirt, on gardens, or grass. Correct. Got it. Excellent. I enjoy the show. Thanks for the call, uh, folks. Coming up to the top of the hour, there'll be a break for the news. I will talk to you all again tomorrow at 8 a.m. Enjoy the day. It looks like it's going to be a very pretty one.